everybody that is a hot hot riff i am one of your hosts of what you are listening to right now that is the dym podcast this is the cool breeze also known as andrew fiore with me as always the guy you know is dutch that's mr sean donnelly how you doing Seanathan? hello there andrew how are you kid i love the wolf impression at the end of the <laughs> rocking theme good to see uh, you it just it just gets me going gets my juices flowing baby uh yes it's such a great song some guy tweeted at us we should say this i don't know if you saw oh no some guy messaged me and he said hey love the podcast hate the theme song what? <laughs> Ban him met, from the chat room i haven't met one person that hates the theme song of this podcast and how he, do you not love it it's a 80s rocker it's yeah. a shredder dude come on I think he didn't get that it was supposed to be like a little bit like retro ish. Like, I think he thought we were trying to do like some new jazzy theme song. <laughs> I don't know. And I was like, yeah, man, that's kind of the, like he wrote out. Like, he's like, yeah, it reminds me of. And he wrote a bunch of 80s shit. And I go, yeah, that's the point. Right. Like, that's the point of the, of the theme song. I don't care for this charlatan at all. <laughs> but thank you very much for listening. This- and please rate, subscribe and review. <laughs> <laughs> this, I don't know what's going on with this rap scallion, but uh, yeah. we love you. We 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 um, we covet you, and we <laughs> please keep listening to the podcast and tell a friend. <laughs> and tell a friend, yeah, and tell three friends, and then uh, and then uh, buy all of our merch when we are on the road. And yeah, um, yes, exactly. Buy a ticket to see us on the road. Uh, how are you, my friend? How I'm, is life? It's, doing... it's been a, a gorgeous couple of days in the in the Big Apple. It's been. For us, it's like uh, this is like this is like summertime almost during oh, COVID, baby. and oh my god, forty-five degrees hits. I want to strip down to my skivvies and go skipping down the road. Oh god damn, it's so fucking good. I went out. I took a walk. We tried to get you out yesterday. We went for a know. walk with a couple the, of cups. The breeze is a busy kid, you know. The br- <laughs> we went for a walk in the park with with our buddies, uh, Shaggy and Ariel, and we brought their dog, and it was awesome. Uh, and, um, I missed the yeah, dog. You missed that the dog. dog. That, do you know the history on that dog? Uh, named after uh, dog Maria name? Bamford. Yeah, Bamford, the dog's name. That dog got diagnosed with cancer like seven years ago, and is a miracle of modern science. Really, I didn't know yeah. that. It was Ariel uh, Elias, very funny comic. Uh, uh, dates Dan Shackey, also you know one of my best friends. Another very comic. They've been living together for a while now. But I even before that, I knew Ariel from comedy. And, uh, you know, we just got to talking about how we just love dogs so much and we're dog people. And she goes, I know I have this puppy. She's, you know, two, three years old, but she unfortunately got diagnosed with like, you know, some sort of, I don't know if it was a bone cancer or whatever it was, but she goes, just so sad because she's so young. <laughs> like a decade later, this dog is still alive, fucking this dog- chasing after sticks, running down squirrels in the park. It, it's dog- amazing. This dog's a robot. This is insane. Yeah, seriously. This dog's a machine. 
So I told Eric, I go, are you sure? was that dog misdiagnosed or what was that? Because this thing is, uh, you know, still got a, like a puppy like uh, attitude and it's still spry. What and do you think going, it was at that? It's got to be misdiagnosed, right? I, I that's what she claims it was. And she goes, no, it just kind of went into remission on its own, which is like, I guess miracles can happen like that. You know, that does happen. I think. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Uh, I'm bummed. I missed some dog time. I, I might have. I might have gotten out we of my chair. Saw a bunch of dogs. We had a moment with a French bulldog inside a Mexican restaurant where uh, it was this dog was trained just to stay in the front of the restaurant, but would play with you like it was going to run away. Like it was so excitable. This dog. I was like, it's just going to keep following us. And it didn't. It just stayed <laughs> in the front of the restaurant. That's and amazing. A dog named Pico. And then while we were playing with Pico, some old lady, who I think it was just like lonely, comes up. She goes, did you see a miniature schnauzer in this neighborhood? And we're like. No. And then she's like, I lost him. And then it's like, all right. And then I'm like, you're making this up, lady. Like, you're definitely making this up. Like, Shawnee, did you ask that? You were like, did you guys see that dog? And they were like, did you talk to that old lady? And they went, what old lady? <laughs> <laughs> the schnauzer lady hasn't been alive for 20 <laughs> it on, years. It was on this very day, 45 years ago. <laughs> and he looked like this. <laughs> oh, large march. Large March. Also, well, uh, same trip. One thing I forgot that we live near, and I put a picture of it online. Uh, and very exciting. But I talk about our first Seinfeld reference of the day. I yeah. uh, I went by the Costanza's house. I went. Oh, to the isn't it fun? <laughs> looks exactly the same. It looks exact. Yeah. Well, actually, it had some new doors and new windows on it. But like, uh, I was, it, uh, dude. I was like, oh, this is like for me, and it's really exciting. I'll tell Andy about it. I'll tell. I, I was telling Megan about it. And then I'm like, I'll put it online thinking people are like, you idiot. It got like mo the most likes I've ever gotten. And then like <laughs> tons of comments and people be like, oh, my God, this is awesome. I'm like, yeah, I just strolled by this place. It, it's not a, you know, it wasn't some, I didn't go to Mecca. You know, like I kind of did yeah. go to Mecca. It's like Seinfeld Mecca. What would, For what, us. Would Sein, what would Seinfeld Mecca be? I guess Tom's Restaurant, right? Probably Monks, the Monks, diner. Yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe, yeah, because there's no other location that's really tangible you know you can't go to jerry's apartment you can't but uh there's some you can find some things i mean the street they made up was a complete you know uh, it was a set so yeah, it wasn't like, yeah i mean you could go to 129 west 81st street and hang out you know but that's just an address of jerry's apartment but you could go to you can go to mendy's mendy's isn't what they say it is in the show mendy it's, it's, like, a deli, right? it's like a deli it's like a lunch place yeah, yeah but they called it a fancy restaurant he goes you said you would take me to a fancy restaurant like mendy's <laughs> and it's like yeah man if you if you i mendy's was on like 30 something yeah, it's street right, like 34 street i can place it actually yeah it's right around uh Park Avenue and like 30 something. Yeah. 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 Mendy. It's such a perfect name. Like Mendy. <laughs> so I was excited to go to the Costanzas. And then great. Vito. And then, and then I get a uh, um, a message right when I post the picture from Vito from from um, uh, Bennington yeah. saying, that's my stepdad's house. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> we could go in. That's amazing. Yeah, probably. I guess he'd probably take us in there. Did you? I want to ask. Like it's going to look like the Costanza's house. No, I know it's, but yeah. the outside, the establishing shot they use for uh, Frank and Estelle Costanza's house is right here. It's like 37th Street in Astoria. It looks exactly the same for the most part to this day. I want to ask Vito how many times a day people stop and. 
I probably used to happen to them back in the day. And then apparently he said Jerry Stiller when I guess when Vito's stepdad's parents lived there, Jerry Stiller showed up one day. (laughs) He was all lost. (laughs) (laughs) I walked by me and Greg walked by over the summer and there was a lady sitting out in the front and I wanted to take a picture, but I didn't want to be that guy. So I kind of went across the street and ducked under a car and took one from like below a tr- next to a tree. <laughs> you mess with the angles, huh? You got like yeah, the, yeah. Like you were like in, in like a nineteen eighty nine rap video. Like you're just, just like you on your knees, like what? And then like <laughs> the Costanza house behind you. Speaking of taking pictures, uh, I'm doing a little bit more of that lately because the kid got a brand new iPhone 12, baby. <laughs> Welcome to 2018. <laughs> I thought uh, they told me this is the most newest one. It is the newest one. I'm messing with you. Oh, okay. It is. The- <laughs> I'm just saying because you have a phone that doesn't have a home button anymore. It doesn't right, have yeah. a yet. You're coming into little, new technology. It, it might reluctant. as well be a UFO to you. <laughs> I was reluctant to get rid of the home button, but now, boy, this face thing is super easy. It's super easy. easy. You pick up your phone and it's unlocked. It's it's. I had to learn a lot of the new things, a little you know, new tricks of the trade. But it's. What are you thinking? How do you like it? Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's really one of those things. You were like, why was I so apprehensive to just move on? <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I guess, I just don't need to spend like that much money if I don't have to. You know what I mean? Like, I've never right. been one to just get it for the luxury of having a new phone. But you use your phone a lot. Like, I use my phone a yeah. lot. That's the one thing I splurge on because I use it a lot. Right, right, right. So it's not like you're just going to put it in a drawer somewhere and then that's it. It's like you use your phone a bunch. I think that you were apprehensive because uh, I wanted you to get a new phone so much. No, <laughs> no like, I get stuck in guy. my way. I, <laughs> no, I know, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, like you just, you end up with like, you're like, fuck Donnelly. I'm getting a rotary home phone. Like just to be a dick. <laughs> but before we get too far off Seinfeld, I just wanted to give a shout out or some sort of props to whoever is running the channel 11 WPIX 11 PM to 12 AM time slot for the Seinfeld reruns, which is primarily what I watch every night. The, the guy or the gal who's running this thing is on top of their anniversaries, or it was just a complete coincidence because yesterday I'm going to check the guide of what episode is coming on. Cause they go through cycles, obviously, you know, and yeah. the 11 PM, is like the early seasons right now. And I'm just like, ah, I can skip that one. I'll, I'll play some video games. It's 1130. But the 1131 is one of my all-time favorites uh, is the stand-in, which is the very first appearance of Mickey. Yeah. Kenny Woodburn. <laughs> yeah. It's her favorite scene ever. And is 20. Yesterday was 25 years to the day that it aired because you have the original air date in the info on the guide button. So it's 224-94. Or wow. whatever it was, ninety five, or you know, to the day this guy goes. This guy's on top of his anniversary ball game, which I guess if you're programming stuff like that, you you get creative with your job. Look for those kind of things, you know. Yeah, you must be so bored anyway. You're like, I'll just nail these these big dates, right? Yeah, and I think that would be fun too. Like if you have like a a big news story that week, you know, something to do with like the Thanksgiving Day Parade. You, you always you know you you drop that episode on. Um, and I they do they've done that too. They do that yeah, when yeah. it comes to like you know. But ground. what an episode, man! That you, you know me. I, I we've we early on in our friendship bonded over Mickey because that <laughs> him grabbing the table after George says midget <laughs> is in my top five favorite moments of Seinfeld of all time. Just 
it's a non-vocal response, but he, he grabs the table in anger. And it's just genius. That's a very early version of Mickey wanting to cancel George for saying it. Like, like he kind of – it's almost like a precursor to what's going on now with everybody <laughs> right. being canceled for saying yeah, things. Absolutely. There's a, there's a new one. Not that we do news on the podcast. Did you see the thing today? Uh, did you see this? Did you see this today? Did you check this out? Um, have you seen this yet? Uh, did you see the Mr. Potato Head is now gender neutral? It's just oh, Potato God, Head. It's not a cracker. <laughs> it's just Potato Head now. We can't have. But oh, it's Potato okay. Head. But then you put the stuff, the accoutrement on the on the potato. I, so it's I like that was always the draw of the Mr. Potato. You could make Mr. Potato Head a tranny if you wanted to. That's what I tw- I tweeted. That I said this. I said I said. Um, I said, wasn't Mr. Potato Head already gender neutral? Because you very quickly can make him yeah. Mrs. Potato Head. You throw like, the big like, lips on him. Uh, yeah. You throw some eyebrows. And, and, he's all, and let's be all honest. Ev- it's almost like, to be Mr. Potato Head was kind of a, a lesson in transitioning. Because, very progressive toy. Very progressive toy because everybody did that. Where you would put the Mrs. Potato Head stuff on Mr. Potato Head. And you're like, oh, yeah, that works. First thing you know, he like, did was turn him into a woman. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, you know, there's other toys didn't do that. G.I. Joe, you weren't able to no. fucking G.I. Joe is G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe is a very aggressive toy, very, very m- misogynistic aggressive. toy. Yeah. Um, very broy situation. But Potato Head, Mr. Potato Head, he was it's like that's the most hipster toy you can get. Potato Head just doesn't sound right as a toy. You need that no. mister to qualify it. Yeah, isn't potato? Also, let's be honest. Like the reason I'm they did potato head. the reason they did Mr. Potato Head is because they didn't want you just getting a toy called fucking Potato Head. Exactly. Like, 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 like that's like that was it gave it like a per, it wasn't nobody was trying to say like like Mr. Potato Head was never an o, the overtone was never aggressive male overtone like it was that was never the point. No. Like also he he looked like death of a salesman. He just looked like what's his name from death of a salesman. He didn't look like he wasn't like some some uh, they didn't you don't you don't put Oakleys and a fucking uh, <laughs> shut up you fucking fuck fuck t shirt on Mister Potato Head like he it's not, not has, like he didn't have a big Johnson t shirt. <laughs> yeah, he didn't have exactly. It wasn't just like some kind of asshole. Then a Mr. backwards Mc- game hat. Mr. Potato Head was already sensitive. Like, let's be honest. The reason they did it is because if your parents showed up and they're like, I got you that new toy, Potato Head, you'd be like, so it's just a potato? Like, what are you talking about? So they gave it Mr. to be like, hey, it's a figurine. It's a figure. It's a thing. It's a fucking, you know, like if you're going to, what you really should be doing, if you're going to change things, change, make other, make other famous toys gender neutral. Like next, you're gonna be. They're gonna be like Slinky's not as long because we it could, we want it to be a penis and a clitoris. We don't want it to just be. <laughs> yeah, the slinky is, Slinkies are too uh, phallic. Slinkies are too phallic. <laughs> Slinkies giant- are kind of phallic. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you had Barbie was always nobody. I didn't give a shit that it was a girl toy. That's for girls. There's toys for boys and girls, but now. The world is so fucking caca cuckoo. But here's uh, the thing: you can't have everything. Nobody can have one thing for just one group of people anymore. Or you're the, I, you know. I'll tell you what. I, I'll tell you what. How I feel. I have no problem with that because I tell you, if I had a son and he wanted to play with dolls, I'd be like, okay, because they're all dolls. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, they're all dolls. Like, who, like, what do you give a fuck if he's like, I want to play with a Barbie as opposed to a G.I. Joe? They're both dolls. 
<laughs> Does that make sense? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like who gives a fuck? But uh, yeah, I, I mean, ugh. what about what would know. you do if you had a son and he was and he's like, I want a Barbie? I'd be a little worried. I would be like, why? If he gave me a good reason, I'd be like, okay, <laughs> sure, get a fucking Barbie for all I can. If it was like, but but it's a toy. What is your reason? I, for? I I I worry that sometimes you giving you're giving these kids too much credit. You know, like, and a lot of it, I think, sometimes is indoctrination of stuff too. <laughs> Where there's trying to get these kids at such a young age to conform to uh, whatever the way of thinking that they deem is right. You know, like, let my kid come up with whatever opinions he has on his own. I don't right. need you getting at him uh, at three years old and just going, this is the wrong way is this and the right way is this. I'll let him or her or X, right. whatever, you know, fucking... Uh, Come up with right, their but, opinion on their own. Give kids. I don't know, man. It's just let kids be kids for a little bit, you know. But well, that's kind of what happens. I think here's the thing: like when when they're not told anything, like my my nephew like wasn't told that he needed like he would have been my sister if he wanted a Barbie, she would have gotten him a Barbie. But nine times out of ten, I think it's chemical. These kids want the more like boy boy centric stuff because. Boy, they've done better. millions of studies and they probably hey, realize that, you know, I wanted a cabbage patch kid doll more than fucking anything. I, I had one. I had, had one, too. Yeah, right. Exactly. Same shit. Same thing. Let's stop pretending it matters. That's, much, that's more of a doll than anything. That's more of a doll than a Barbie. Really? That, it's all totally more of a doll. A Barbie is set up like an action figure. Let's be honest. Barbie should have been kicking some ass. They should have had mercenary Barbie. They should have had, they should have had a version of Barbie who kills bin Laden. Wouldn't you love to see that? Like just oh, yeah. <laughs> seal Fucking team six Barbie seal team Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. What was just your Barbie. favorite? How else that would be hot to me. Just Barbie with like the cross bullets, like the Mexican bandito bullets across her cool. boobs. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> what was I your, love it. What was your favorite? What was you say your most played with toy when you grew up? What was your favorite one? Um. Okay. Let me think. I had like when I was the one I remember the most, He Man or He-Man. um. My I had some GI gotcha. Joes, but it, that GI Joes weren't. I wasn't heavy on those. So He Man and my giant rubber wrestling figures, the, the, which are basically yeah. dolls as well. Like yeah. my uh, the WWF, not the ones that became plastic after a while. The giant rubber ones with the ring. I, I had the mean. ring. I had the I had the, the Andre the Giant, a hack from Duggan. Yep. I had all of the Hulk Hogan. Just I had all dog. of them, and I was really into wrestling when I was like. Maybe 10, 9, 10, 11, 12. Same right there. here. Yeah. So I had all those and I was obsessed with those figures. And He Man, I had a lot of too. And Star Wars. And my Star Wars. <laughs> he Man. Can you imagine that? It's got a double one. It's got a double. Yeah. yeah he Man. Man. Yeah. Exa- there we go. Oh, there's Big Boss Man. Yeah. This is the rubber ones. Yeah. See here. Yep. Ultimate yes. Warrior down there. Yes. And my mom, by accident, gave them to Goodwill. It was in a bag. Oh. She buy- well, maybe maybe she was lying and she actually gave them on purpose. Bobby Dupuis had a wrestling figure party, birthday party when we were like 11 years old. I love how you say that. Like, I know who Bobby Dupuis is. I like to give uh, I like to color the story up with real life. Um, he, he bring all your guys, though, bring all your men over and we'll have the and the birthday party was we'll wrestle in the ring. And his mom because we were all concerned. We go, hey, what do you, I don't want my, my guys getting mixed up with uh, Nick Thompson's guys over there. 
Right. So she goes, well, I'll just uh, take a Sharpie and I'll write your initials on the bottom of each of the guy's foot. Sounds like a grift. Yeah. I go, I don't know about this, Mrs. D. <laughs> They're trying to corner the market on yeah. giant rubber wrestling figures. What if uh, Ben Murphy over there gets a hold of the Sharpie? All of a sudden, you got a, a couple of BMs <laughs> on the feet. What if your kid, yeah, it's your kid Sharpie. What if he grabs it and then he's all yeah. of a sudden, he, he, all the wrestling figures are his. How about all that? Of a sudden, yeah, I'm down a junkyard dog all of a sudden. <laughs> I love junkyard dog. Yeah. It's one of my favorites of all time. Yeah. Oh, Dusty Rhodes. My three favorite. My three favorites were junkyard dog, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and Jake oh, yeah. the Snake Roberts. Those are three good ones. I was an yeah. ultimate warrior man myself, but uh, I, and I, my dad hated wrestling. Like hated that I watched it. it was one of those guys who was like, you know, it's fake, don't you? And I was like, shut the hell up. It's really <laughs> me. But he was a good enough dad that when it came around to Brendan Burn Arena in like 1990, somehow we got tickets and he took me. And I believe Ultimate Warrior beat uh, somebody for the Intercontinental title. And it was one of the greatest sporting events of my life. I loved it. Every second of it. Well, that's, know, Jake Disney, Robert. that's so cool. Yeah. I, uh, I later, uh, didn't I get not really open for I did a spot on he came down like five six years ago because he goes around now I guess he does does it's not stand up but he tells stories you know and uh, there's still you know goons like us who are uh, nostalgic enough to go and you know pay 10 bucks to go watch Jake the Snake tell stories but I was working the club that night and they go hey do you want to just do time in front of Jake the Snake he's doing like a 5 p.m. show I went, which yeah, club there. was this Eastville Comedy Club back when it was on 4th Street since like 2014, 2015 maybe. And I went, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. I loved Jake the Snake when I was a kid. Boy, he's hit some rough patches, the Snake. Oh, yeah, he's got a great... I'm so beyond the mat. Beyond the mat, it's insane. Yeah, beyond the mat. And, dude, he was... It was selling... He was like selling autographed headshots afterwards and like the line to buy those was not that long. Oh. And I was like, I, I, and because I was on the show, you know, we were kind of hanging out on that front of the bar there where the comics do. There's not really a green room. So uh, I just kind of had to watch all that go down and feel bad for him. I was just like, oh, that's sad. Ah. And then he went, he was like, hey, man, I think want, honestly, what he I, went, hey, man, what's your name? You want one? And I was like, ah, I'm okay. And he, I think he could tell he was like, I won't charge you, man. And I went, oh, well, yeah, sure. I'd love one. I wasn't oh. going to pay fucking 10 bucks. Honestly, man, at that point, I think I just would have bought one. I know, but he was like, don't worry about it. Because I he think I think he knew it would have been such an awful, weird transaction. Yeah, was, yeah, especially with the guy who just opened up for him. That's a little right. insane. Um, but it it's was funny, kind of tough to watch, but it's funny that your dad uh, said the thing about being fake because like my dad knew that as well. But he would like he knew I liked it, so he'd go with we'd go to Nassau Coliseum and stuff. And then later on in life, uh, my dad worked a job where he worked with this guy who was kind of a dummy. And then the guy told him how much he's into wrestling, and my and the guy was like at this point like in, in his twenties, like he's yeah, more yeah. like like Saint Germain, like one of those guys or Mike Lawrence, you know. And uh, it was like they just their whole lives they're gonna be into wrestling. And so my dad goes to the guy, like joking. He goes, "You know, it's fake, right?" Thinking the guy would be like, "Yeah, of course, you idiot." Like, <laughs> Come on. And the guy goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, it's fake, but not the big matches, though." That's, what, that's what <laughs> 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 he was not the big matches. <laughs> It's so funny to me. He's like, not when there's a title involved. That it's not yeah, fake. I mean, That's, it's totally for real. Uh, well, I don't know. I tried tried to get into it 
as an adult because so many of our childlike adult male friends still are into it. Yes. True. And I just can't do it, dude. It just it's, doesn't have the same. No, that was one of those things that when my when that ended for me in my childhood, that ended. It's like I've gotten back into video games as an adult. But I can't do the wrestling thing. It just doesn't well, hit me. I don't know. At least you got into something, huh? At least you. Yeah. <laughs> I no, but to. you need some kind of break, huh? From. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I know what you mean, and the only thing you know why it's different now, and I'll tell you why, Andy. First off, the the the, the what the, the term they use for when the the believing that it's real thing is called kayfabe. They call it kayfabe for some reason. K-fabe. Where is that it's that, that, like the being ignorant to the fact that it's like uh, fake or whatever. So kayfabe is like them, even though they know it's fake, them going along with it like it's real. Uh, and also the wrestling isn't about the wrestling anymore. Like for the kids, when you're older, it's about the industry of wrestling. So all the guys we know they're into it, they're more into the behind the scenes stuff than they are. The actual mm. matches, like the matches, they like they'll have they'll have opinions about, but they're more into like how much of a shit show it is behind. It actually is pretty fascinating how crazy Vince McMahon is. Like that's yeah, that's what they're more yeah. into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kayfabe, huh? That doesn't that sounds like a pop group from Korea. <laughs> Kayfabe, K-pop, <laughs> Kayfabe. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, before we get, I I have some <laughs> one bit of movie related uh, business that I wanted to tell you. I, you know, it was snowing here in the Northeast where we taping beautiful story of Queens and alternate side of the street parking for me is very easy. It's only on Mondays and Tuesdays. You only have to really move your car once if you do it right. And I took my mom, my, my dearly, my beloved Marianne Fiore to get her first vaccine on Sunday. So I drove back to my apartment on Sunday night and uh, Monday morning was when I would have to change my car. I was trying to get a Tuesday spot, so I didn't have to change, wake up and change it. Couldn't find one. Drove around for like 20 minutes. I said, fuck it. There's a spot right in front of my house. I'll just get up early on Monday and move the car. Monday morning comes around. I set my alarm for whatever, 9 o'clock. And, you know, I, I take my morning, uh, you know, I, I, I take my morning bathroom break as, as I do. And I'm reading my book. And I just ordered uh, the Red Dragon, the Hannibal, the Science of the Lamb series. The entire... Mm-hmm. I got all four books and I'm going to read them in order. So I'm starting with Red Dragon and I'm so into the book. I didn't realize I'm sitting on the toilet. Nine thirty comes around. I go, ah, what are the chances he shows up right at nine thirty? I mean, I'll just finish the chapter. I had like two pages to go. So like nine thirty seven, I walk out and the fucking parking meter guy is right there <laughs> reading, writing me a ticket. And I'm just going, no, 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 I'll move it, dude. Come on. He's like, I'm sorry, man. I already printed it out. And I could tell he felt badly enough where I was like, no, no, I'm here. He was like, dude, two more minutes. I would have let you move it. But he's like, once it's in the system, there's nothing I could do. And I was like, goddamn Red Dragon. (laughs) That was a $65 shit I just took reading that goddamn chapter. Don't you know that when you think there's no way he's coming right at 930, he's coming right at Like you made that as a self-fulfilling prophecy. Not necessarily. There's been times when they've come at. Uh, I've waited in my car sometimes. Sometimes they come right at the end. They try and catch you right at the end. Yeah, I, I don't know. I rolled the dice and got fucked. But what are you gonna do? Well, that sucks. Well, now, now, now you'll forever curse the Red Dragon and the and the Silence of the Lamb series. No, I don't think so. Because I'm really enjoying the book. I, I think this is one of those series where 
Not necessarily, obviously not Silence of the Lambs. And even Red Dragon, to an extent, is a great movie. I really loved the prequel. But like mm-hmm. Hannibal and Hannibal Rising, I'm pretty sure when I get to those books that they're going to be better than the movies because those movies weren't great. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, sorry to uh, lose you there. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I was just listening. You could have looked more bored. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. I saw one eye shuddering. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, I'm sorry. I wanted to class this uh, podcast up and talk about literature for one. Yeah, literature based on movies. <laughs> literature that has movies. Yeah. I read magazines. <laughs> no, I was letting you tell your fascinating story about getting a ticket. <laughs> I just thought it had something to do with movie or movie podcast. Yeah, that's true. A ticket because of my it's love. How, it shows how, uh, like, it shows how intense you can be when re- reading a good story. You know, like I'm intense on that toilet, bro. Taking a like once you learn to park yourself in that toilet, nothing's really getting you out of there. You know. Oh, buddy, I'll get numb on that thing reading a book. <laughs> That's my morning routine, man. You're Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon 2. <laughs> my morning constitutional is uh, part of my fa- favorite, favorite part of my day. I know that doesn't mean take a shit. I was just trying to make a euphemism. Don't write in and tell me. That's not what constitutional means. I know. I'm changing it. But I did a fun thing. You saw me tweet this other day, and I don't know where I found this. I was just on Twitter, and this is really movie related. I just thought it was fun. I get a kick out of these things sometimes. Somebody will just post a meme. And I just responded to it. I retweeted it. It said, whatever the movie that was number one on your 21st birthday was will, will be what how the rest of your 2021 plays out. I didn't explain that great. So whatever the title of you, the movie that was number one on your 21st yeah. birthday, that's how your 2021 is going to play out. Right? Right. So I went, I looked it up. I went, oh, this will be fun. And mine was gone in 60 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Which, depending on how you look at it, could actually be good or bad. It could like, be good or bad. It could say, like, this year is going to feel like in 60 seconds. That's what you mean? Right. What you mean? Right. Yeah. Or it's, you should go to the doctor right fucking now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just, they're just like, uh, or you've been having uh, boozing too much and having too much fucking grilled cheese. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's let's face it. Probably yeah. the latter. <laughs> that good well, the other day. well, you. It's funny because I didn't realize that was the game, and I thought you tweeted that, and I wrote, and I was like, "That's a great fun movie," but I didn't realize you were saying "yikes," meaning like, "Oh shit, it's telling me I'm going to be gone." In yeah, seconds. exactly. But that's that's why I have to read things more clearly because I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" That's a great, <laughs> but it made it sound like I was like. <laughs> yeah, drop dead. Like it was just. Who <laughs> <laughs> you FDR? Um, <laughs> Franklin Delano Romanowski. Uh, what you called? So before, so let's, I thought it'd be fun. Let's do you and Mikey. Let's do let's you do and Buster Palm and, and, and Mushy. Let's do me and Buster's. Uh, mine is May nineteenth, nineteen ninety nine. And Mike, were you able to check to see what my uh, my thing was? What my movie was? Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> It's Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. That's not fun, <laughs> but it, maybe it means that I'll take some sort of trip to uh, the space because of my love of UFOs, Andy. Maybe you have a. Oh, that is true. I just <laughs> did see something that a uh, United or American Airline pilot in the yeah. But the Shawnee reacts. Says, yeah, I already saw it. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> it's in New, Me- in New Mexico. It's yeah, New yeah, Mexico. yeah. And uh, it flew, or, it, 
Maybe the what? Phantom Menace. Maybe you got like uh, maybe you got AIDS or something. It's kind of a, <laughs> what the fuck? It's a Phantom. You, you know, it's the Silent Killer, the Phantom Menace. <laughs> That's what you get from the word Phantom Menace. Oh, you got bored with my story the other day, ten minutes ago. <laughs> yes, you get you go for the fucking <laughs> jugular. <laughs> Jesus the Phantom Menace is a hard one to work with. There's not a lot. You, like, how is that going to play out your year? You know? Also, I don't like how much Mike liked that one. He started laughing. I hear fucking, I hear Mushy Mike yell, laughing at me getting AIDS. Go fuck yourselves, both of you. That's the only way I can refer to AIDS now. Yeah, the Phantom Menace? What happened to Donnelly? He got the old Phantom Menace. You know what I mean? And then After the, that, it was lights out. It would take a while for you to get that to catch on. So most people are like, "What are you talking about? Like, you, what do you mean?" Now it, it's 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 not the death sentence it used to be. All so. right, Andy. <laughs> I see a commercial fuck? for a fucking AIDS pill every twenty seconds. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, yeah, well, you won't you won't be around to to talk me through yeah, it. She'll be gone in sixty seconds. I mean, exactly, we'll be both. <laughs> Mush, what about you? Your twenty first birthday was August what? Uh, August twenty sixth. August 26, 1999. 1999. Oh, and what's yours? The Ooh, Sixth Sense. The Sixth Sense. Maybe, maybe you're the one who tells me I have AIDS because you just picked it up. <laughs> yeah, you're a fucking dog. <laughs> it actually fits into both of ours because he maybe Andy dies and then Mushy Mike sees Andy and he has the Sixth Sense. Oh, that's what it is, dude. He's both of us in the afterlife. He's still our producer. He's like, yeah, I got to produce this fucking ghost this fucking, podcast. I got to do this fucking this ghost movie pod for the rest of eternity <laughs> oh there he was there was mike yeah mike you can pop on that's uh, uh <laughs> dude that is so fucking great did, did you go i'll see the admission five dollars six cents what they, they showed the admission price with all that stuff yeah it's up there on the no. right five dollars yeah wait because 99 dollars shit was still pretty cheap back in the day that's the average uh, ticket price for that year. Wow. There, see that top right? $55.06. We're old, Mike. We are old. Mm-hmm. And, and Andy as well. Six, I'm, I'm the baby of the uh, group here. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> let's, be, let's be honest. By how many months is it? I don't even know. <laughs> what do you got? I'm 79. You guys are 78, right? Yeah, I, I, we would be in different grades in school. <laughs> Didn't you love how innocent Andy sounded when he just said that? We'd be in different grades in school. You just Andy just said that like it's the end of the summer and everybody got their teachers and he goes, Who'd you get? Who'd you get? I got Mrs. Turkis. <laughs> I, got, I got Mrs. Ween. Who'd you get? Was that an actual teacher that you had? Mrs. Ween, yeah. Yeah, I, my Mrs. Turkis was one of mine too. <laughs> Who'd you get? Lady. She was old. She was my first grade teacher. And she was she looked like she was 80 back then. I'm sure. She's probably in her fifties or something, but she looked like an old lady. Mrs. Ween did too, but I'm sure she was probably in her. She might have been like close to sixty, but she, yeah, she might have been older, older, like like old for me. Think you know, you're eight years. Well, I was in fifth grade when I had her. So what? What age is that? Twelve to uh, ten? Uh, yeah, ten, eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> God damn, that's five bucks for the movies. I can't wait. The movies are coming back to New York in March, dude. We gotta go. Absolutely. We got to do, a, we gotta do a, a DYM outing to the movies, all of us, when, when, when Mushy Mike gets back to New York. This might become a true. I'm coughing up a lung over here. 
Um, <laughs> also, uh, you watched a few things this week, didn't you? I wonder if you watched. Should I go do mine first? Because I wonder if you watched as well. Sure, do yours. Uh, because you might have watched this. Because I think All right, sir. Golden Globe nominee. My girlfriend told me to watch this. Whoa! Hold the phone, everybody. Oh, that might have yeah. just been a reference to a relationship right there. Oh, Did yeah. See Bush, how he tried to slide that in all nonchalant. <laughs> My girlfriend told me. <laughs> but he still sang the word girlfriend. My, wow. I'll tell you what you got there. Girlfriend told me what? Yeah, I. She lives in Ontario Falls, Falls <laughs> She goes to a different school. <laughs> she goes to a different school. <laughs> <laughs> wow, official. Oh yeah, it's serious business. Woo! -ee. Yeah, dude. Wow, congratulations. Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you so I'm much. Happy for you. Oh yeah, no, she's awesome. She's awesome. So she told you to watch this flick and like a good boyfriend that you are. You said, yes, I, dear, I will watch. Very, yeah, she's very she was very adamant about it. She like kept mentioning it. So I was like, all right, I'll check it out. She's like, you would like it. And now, I let me ask you this. Yeah. You, are you guys on the same plane movie wise and taste music? Yes. And yes, like she the other day, she uh, I was talking to her and she goes, I before I went to bed, I watched 20 minutes of Reservoir Dogs. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> great. Yeah. You're, you're, what a dream boat. This girl is question right now. Yeah. Right. Um, so, uh, no. Yeah. We're definitely on the same. Same. All right. Oh, lay it on me. Slim. Well, maybe not. You know, I'm sure it deviates at some point, you know, never. But really cool movie. Really well done. A lot of it makes you. It fucked me up a little bit. It was like, um, and I, I, you might have watched as one of yours, but maybe not. Uh, it's called I Care a Lot. Um, hold on. It's a uh, about what's her name's in it? Gone Girls in it? Yeah, Rosamund Pike and Rosamund Peter Pike. and Peter Dinklage and Diane Weist is in it as well. Oh, I love Diane Weist. I started yeah. watching it the other day and I turned it off because I wasn't really into it and I was like distracted. I was on my phone and I started watching oh. it. I dug it, man. It's okay. It's, I'll go back. Yeah, check it out. It's 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 worthwhile. And Diane Weiss is in it, and she's in one of my favorite movies ever, and has one of my favorite lines ever. She's in Parenthood. And she goes, "Hi, Gary." Every time I see Gary Veter, I go, "Hi, Gary." <laughs> he has no idea what you're talking about. I, he does because I told him one day, so now he knows what it is. But I also I see him once every six months. It's like I barely see him. But uh, he's a yeah, that baby's bigger than he is now. Holy hell. <laughs> And to be honest, that didn't take much, but yeah. So here it is. I care a lot. Rosamund Pike, Peter Dinklage, uh, Elise, uh, Elsa Gonzalez, Chris Messina, Brianne West, Nick Turner. Solid cast. I don't, I know like two of those people, you know, three of those people. Um, and, uh, yeah, Rosamund Pike, like she's so good at just playing a hard ass in these fucking movies. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's, it's supposed to make you wonder like who the villain is and who like what is it really about and all this there's an article that comes with it the atlantic wrote an article about the movie and i, I started uh -huh. reading it uh right right before we, we started recording but it's definitely worthwhile it's yeah, so, you, so you do read i do read i read <laughs> i read uh, only red dragon novels and articles about movies uh on the toilet and all of our literature is on movies sir. <laughs> 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 and then, I, uh, uh, yeah, that's cool. I, I was uh, Diane. I gotta go. Hannah and her sisters is my favorite Diane Weist flick. Um, oh yeah, well, I yeah. really appreciate her work in Law and Order as the DA. She always seems kind of weird <laughs> for that role. But, 
<laughs> it was like Diane Weist out of nowhere. The most thoughtful anybody's ever been about a portrayal of somebody on a Law and Order show. Like, OG? You know, you're like, I, I didn't really like her work on Law and Order as the as the DA. I just couldn't get into it. I really, it was really elementary to me, and I really. She's very choices as DA Diane Lane. I don't know. But. Yeah, she was in about. She was in 15 episodes. She did. You know, it was a chunk of the, <laughs> chunk of the season that year. But she um. Bulk of the series, dude. <laughs> uh, so you did. I thought that might have been one that you watched. No, that, no, I started to. You were on the right path, but I, I turned it off to uh, play video games or something. Um, I I would assume that you were into that movie. I tried, and I will go back on your recommendation. How about that? Please do, and then we can talk about it. It's a cool. It's like it's cool breeze. goes back and forth, and it's a cool breeze of a movie. It it, it just washes right over you like a cool. Well, breeze. then I'm in. Yeah. Uh, what's one of ones you watched? One, one of the well, uh, I'm gonna do. I have three here. One of which is an old. Mm, I want to say 14 years old. No, 15 years old at this point. I think. That I've never that you might be surprised that I had never seen before, but I'll I'll, I'll come up to that last because I watched Promising Young Woman. Um, oh, I wanted to see that. It's great. I spent the twenty bucks to buy it on demand. I should say my mom spent the twenty bucks. <laughs> I was watching it at her house. Jesus Christ! Dude, I gotta write her a check for a hundred dollars. I watched like five movies at her house this week, dude. <laughs> the new blockbuster is Marianne Fiore. Yeah, absolutely. But dude, it was fantastic. It's really very dark. And it's a really good, unique twist on the revenge movies. It's not horror at all. It's not gory or anything like that. It's just a very uh, unique plot. Carrie Mulligan is fantastic in it. Um, I don't want to give anything away, so I'm really trying to choose my words here. But so you just, would say I, I just recommend it. It's it's dark and it's it's interesting and it's not great towards guys. But you know, you got to go. Yeah, this is a shit that happens. And I just right. loved it. I thought it was really great. It was really well done, really well written, and really well acted. A really great cast from top to bottom. There's a lot of people in the movie. You go, hey, it's that person. Then you go, uh oh. And then, yeah, just <laughs> great, great, great movie. I highly recommend it. And so, uh, so, check know, it out. A lot of the time, they can screw up those types of movies. We talked about it before with certain things. Um, so they, they, they do this right, huh? Like, as far as like yep. the ending, you were like on board for the ending. Oh, buddy, what a great ending. I never thought the way it went down would go down. It was really cool the way they did it. Yeah, I care a lot had a good ending as well. It kind of it made a lot of sense. Superb ending. ending. Supoip. Supoip. Uh, yeah, I got to check that out. Promising Young Woman. Because I uh, love revenge. I realize this. I, yeah. love, I love revenge movies. I oh, love revenge great. movies. It's no Mandy, but it is very good. Um. Next, I saw uh, News of the World. I was bored. I needed a flick to watch. So I. I Wait, is that the John Stewart one? Which one's that? No, that's Irresistible. Oh, that's Irresistible. Irrefutable. One of those. What's News of the World? News of the World is the Tom Hanks joint with uh, the little girl who. Oh! So the plot is Tom Hanks is a retired, quote unquote, uh, Civil War captain, and he goes around. His job now, his career is reading the news to villages and towns like he gets newspapers from around the world and around the country. And this is, you know, this takes place in the late 1800s. Uh, there you go. Thanks, Mushy. 
And he has, he, he, you know, people, not everybody was literate back then. So he goes and he reads the news from like, you know, uh, the Northeast or from the West Coast. You know, he's down in Texas and he's reading was these people, real, these news stories. Was that a real That's, job for those guys? Probably at one point. Gotta be. You don't even think of that because a lot, yeah, a lot of these towns, it's all farmers. A lot of them are literate. Yeah, that wow, that's interesting. It's funny because I don't think. Do you remember in school ever hearing about that no. job? You know, like no. think about how well, much this don't tell you. Yeah. Um. But so along his travels, he finds this uh, little girl abandoned on her own. Turns out she was being raised by this uh, group of Indians who had killed the rest of her family, but she was a baby. So, you know, they raised her. For the most part, she only speaks like. Uh, Kiowa Indian tongue, you know, she doesn't speak English. And basically he's like, well, I'm responsible for this girl now. I got to get her back to uh, her only other living relatives, which are like down in deep Texas. And then basically the movie is the trials and tribulations that they face on their journey. You know, one of those types of films. <laughs> <laughs> on their journey. Yeah, on their journey. Uh, and then is so, it like, I'll tell you, because I always think about this. <sighs> It's not, not my great. favorite. It's, you know, you, you're gonna do Tom Hanks is, is gonna do you really wrong. But uh, the little girl was very talented as a as a young actress. She was great, and um, I, it was just okay. It wasn't. It was a fine time killer. I wouldn't necessarily seek it out tonight. You know, but you know, what you just made me think of Andy. Can we, my, Mike? Would you be able to check the girl? It might take a couple of steps, but the girl from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? The one that he's talking <laughs> to. She's great. I'm wondering, has she done a bunch of stuff since? Like, I would assume she's going to do a lot. Uh, that's a, yeah, that's, any, that's any a Lucy Mike project right there. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was asking. Well, while um, you do that, I'll get to my last one. Okay. Well, um, first of all, I just want to say one quick thing about Tom Hanks. I, it's like, yeah, do you, let me ask you this, and Andrew Fury. Mm -hmm. Now, it's it's interesting to me that when whenever whenever a Tom Hanks movie comes and goes and people when we talk about it or, or people talk about it, do you think we're actually enjoying Tom Hanks still, or do you think we're so used to him it's like a comfort level thing? Um, probably a little or bit. Are of you both. still you impressed by it at all? Or are you just like I just I know this, I know it's good, I know I'd say a little column A, a little column B. Yeah, yeah, right. But it's, isn't it interesting how like he's one of those guys that. It's like, yeah, you put him in a movie. I'm never again going to think he's any character, but I'm still, it's not going to take me out of the movie because I enjoy him enough that it's like, you know. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's uh, good enough to be able to take on a character and not make me think of Forrest Gump, you know, every time. Right, 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 exactly. So, uh, I think, yeah, I think it's both. I think you know, like, that's why I watch it. I go, well, I know Hanks is not going to be garbage. Right, right. And, like even uh, even something like the post when the post came out, I was like, I enjoyed it, and he's great in it. But it like, I'm like, yeah, it's just older Tom Hanks. It's just Tom. Hanks. Like, yeah. It's just like you know, I'm not like. But when you see somebody like Gary Oldman, you're like, he's the guy. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. He's, he's the character, and he's been around for as long as fucking. He's not as famous, but he's but he's almost as fucking famous, and he's been around as long as Tom Hanks. Yeah. But he just it's chameleon type shit. Like he, yeah, he, he yeah. comes in these roles. He played uh, not Truman Capote. He played Churchill. He played even Gordon from the Batman movies. I'm not think. I'm not looking thinking of uh, Commissioner Gordon when I'm looking at him and I other know. shit. You know, even Lee Harvey Oswald. Talk about nailing yeah. it, Jesus. Uh -huh. So is it's it like, White Boy Day? Is, I didn't know oh, it was White yeah. Boy Day. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe his biggest stretch of them all. Absolutely. <laughs> so it makes me wonder. Like it's like, yeah, what is the 
is, is, is not, maybe it's not a matter of comparing, but it's a matter of like, it's a difference. It's one of them sure, is sure. like, it's a, like Tom, the movie, the movie's center around Tom Hanks when he's in a movie. Like, it's like, he's, it's like he's the, the, the gravity's going toward Tom Hanks in that movie because he's so compelling and because he's such like a, he's so ingrained to people's minds, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. It was, it was fine. It wasn't bad. It wasn't mind blowing. It was a fine movie to kill time with. I was like, yeah, it was great. I killed two hours. Yeah, right. Yeah, which that's which is that's like like lackluster. Yeah. You're not gonna walk away and going, I, I regret watching that, you know. But yeah, right. But you're again, not like, if I was paying the twenty bucks, I might have had a different opinion. But thanks to old MF over there. Yeah, yeah, this freaking this free for all over there in Jersey. <laughs> all these movies. I gotta start charging little kids from the neighborhood to come in four bucks a pop. Is is is, is Marianne Fury in the new movie pass documentary that's coming out? When she's yeah. just like, yeah, I know the struggle. I'm, I'm my son is milking me for tens of dollars. I'm gonna hear about this too because it's just I didn't tell her either. It's next oh, fucking yeah. cable bill she's gonna get is gonna be up. <laughs> Talk about a deadbeat kid, Jesus! Talk about a deadbeat loser of a son. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's the last uh, the last entry for the day here? This oh, here we go. Going, what do you got, Mush? Oh, uh, Julia Butters. Uh, That's her name. Uh, That's an awesome name. The little girl. Yeah, she hasn't done a whole Butters. lot. She's been on American Housewife, the TV series. That's your favorite. I, f- I feel like she's going to be in a lot of stuff. Yeah. If I had to guess, there may have been stuff that was canceled with uh, COVID, geez. but nothing on their schedule right now. I mean, okay, the, the, right. the Gray Butters. Man is in pre-production, but that's about it. Because she's so great in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, she is good. This Butters kid is just getting her career started. I see big things for young Miss Butters. <laughs> I think it's smooth sailing for this Butters. It's melt like <laughs> butter, her career. Get smooth. <laughs> Do you know what that is? No, what's that? One of my favorite Brian Regan bits is when he goes, when you're, uh, when you're oh, playing with your butter? friends as a kid and oh. one of the kids gets hurt riding bikes or something and you have to be the kid that has to run inside and tell mom. <laughs> he just goes, yeah, she, she knew something else when you ran in here at full speed. And goes, uh, hey, ma, uh, you know, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the bit goes on, but he, always, he ends it with, he's like, you know, since I figured you said you had to go get milk later, I figured, you know, you could probably can't bring Kevin to the hospital. <laughs> And he goes, and for no reason, I know where he goes. Oh, and if you're getting peanut butter, get smooth. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a great tag. He has a new special out right now. Absolutely. But um, this one, I think you've seen it. Uh, most people have. 2006's Brokeback Mountain. I've never seen it. I never saw it either. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen story. it. Of uh, two young men who are cowboys, sheep herders out on the dusty trail in the 1960s. And, uh, you know, they forge a physical relationship. But also that kind of thing was very uh, taboo at the time. So they both uh, they they finish their jobs and they go home to their regular lives, Uh, you know, because it's seasonal work. Sheep herding is Shawnee. And right. uh, Yeah, you know. Uh, so that you know, they, it's the trials and tribute. So the, I didn't know the film took place over like a span of two decades. You know these guys' relationship, and um, yeah, they they basically can't quit each other. They're in love, 
But uh, societal norms being what they were at that time, you know, they were also married to, you know, uh, regular women and wives and had regular jobs and all this. And uh, if you haven't seen it, I mean, by now, it's yeah, it's um, probably I would have given best picture to over crash because that was in the same year. Absolutely. Actually, well, I'm going to say it's one of the ones that that's one of the, the tank years where people exactly. don't agree with it anymore. Crash I, is think not I, know, I think it might have been a little uh, anti-homosexual. Probably. Which that's what's so funny. People are like, oh, Hollywood's very liberal. It's like they're not. They're it's like, clearly the better movie. Crash is a piece of shit, dude. Crash stinks. And but the uh, yeah, no, I, I heard it's a good movie. I actually I don't know if I mentioned this in the podcast just randomly, but um, I just found out I was watching this video where Jake Gyllenhaal is talking about how he's great. The, I'll give him that. Yeah. When the movie came out, they wanted him and Heath Ledger to do a bit about it on the Oscars or on or on like the Golden Globes or something like a bit about the about the gay relationship. Like a, like a tongue in cheek thing. Like a thing, like a tongue in cheek thing. And uh, Heath Ledger His would tongue was not in Heath Ledger's cheek. I'll tell you that much for free. Hi, everybody. All right. There we go. Um. Heath Ledger wouldn't. Heath Ledger wouldn't do it. He said, "I won't make fun of. I won't make joke about the relationship in the in the movie." Right. And that's twenty years ago. And Jake Gyllenhaal, the point of bringing it up, he goes, "He was right. I'm glad that he didn't have us yeah. do it." Yeah. Because they ended up doing it with like Billy Crystal or something. They did it with like other people. I have a brokeback mountain joke on my first album. Do you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the gist of it is like my friends who are gay men. They go to Disney World every year. And my other friend was like, oh, that's just a weird place for gay guys. It's not an anti-homosexual. It's not even a Brokeback Mountain joke. It's just more of uh, he's like, why would they? He goes, I thought gay guys liked to prefer to go on gay destinations. I was like, gay destinations like where Brokeback Mountain? <laughs> and that's the bit. But I, I always felt bad used doing that as a bit. I go, I haven't actually even seen the fucking movie. Just <laughs> <laughs> you just thought it was a theme park. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like I'm just gonna watch this this theme park movie about Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> but it was like great movie, dude. I, I really liked it. it. Has a you know as a, a solid ending and uh, um yeah, totally should have won Best Picture. I should check it out. I should watch it. It's a beautiful film, Shawnee, about about love. Beautiful film about love. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, not ever have that happen again. <laughs> Well, Andy, it's about that time. Let's let's wrap things up. Let's talk to the people. Let's tell them what they want. Oh, what do they baby. want? What do they need to do, Andy? Tell these fucking people, these these dimwits out there, dimwit nation. What <laughs> do they need to nation. do uh, for us to help the podcast out? Well, please, first and foremost, subscribe to the podcast. You can find it through the laugh button. You can also download it anywhere you download podcasts. But please. If not, even more importantly, once you subscribe, you got to rate and review because these things, I can't tell you how these things algorithms work, but for some reason, if you do that, it exposes the podcast to more people. So help the help the cool breeze and Dutchie out for a, a minute, will you? It takes no time to do it. Tell a friend. That's important to you. You just spread word of mouth, you know, before the internet. That's how these things grew. And if you aren't tired of us listening, uh, shouting at each other, we have radio shows each on Sirius XM Mondays. I mean, Wednesdays and Thursdays, right? Shawnee has a great show called celebrate. It's on Wednesdays at 4 PM. Hilarious show. New topic every week. They celebrate it. I've got a show Thursdays at 4 PM called the Roar report. We are an interview show. We have different people on it throughout the world of entertainment. So please 
sign up for SiriusXM. They've always got some sort of promotion going on and some sort of wheels and deals and apps and all that good stuff. So there's plenty of opportunity to interact with us. And speaking of interaction, Shawnee, how do they do that? They can interact with us directly. First off, you can interact with the show. It's hey, at the phone call. <laughs> yeah, just, just call me up. 516-729-7545. That's really my number. <laughs> um, you can contact the podcast at the DYM podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Tweet at us. We will tweet back. We've done it. Ask anybody. Lots ask ask Daniel Poon. That's, this guy loves oh, the podcast. Oh, love Pooner. Love him. He's, he's like the leader of Dimwit Nation, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, he's up there. Yeah, and uh, also Andy is on Instagram and Twitter as well. At, it's at Andy Fiori. That's at A-N-D-Y-F-I-O-R-I. Also on both platforms at Shawnee Time, S-E-A-N-Y-T-I-M-E on Instagram and Twitter. We want to thank, and also our friend Mike, Mushy Mike, he is also, Mike, what are you again on uh, Instagram and Twitter? Uh, at Mike V Suarez. At Mike V Suarez. Hit up at the laugh button. Just go on a go on a follow frenzy. Just follow frenzy Give all the follow. and just let us know what you think about the podcast. What we what what you like us to talk about. What like tidbits, facts, anything else about movies. What we talk anything anything is fine. We we cannot tell you how much we appreciate you guys listening. And Andy, you want to say one more thing? Absolutely. You and I might have some dates coming up in the works. Details. Yes forthcoming uh and before that you can see me headlining city steam in hartford connecticut on march 13th one show only get those tickets now because it's an indoor gig it's all going to be safe and social distance but limited tickets are available so uh i had somebody hit me up today it was like hey man i can't wait to see you in stone harbor this summer i was like i'm so sorry dude i haven't updated my website in fucking a year and a half <laughs> He was like, how do I get tickets for this? I can't find the link anywhere. I was like, dude, that's like a year old. I'm really sorry. So I'm going to update my website, but uh, stay tuned. Me and Shawnee are going to be together coming up uh, once it gets a, a little warmer out. So uh, keep an eye out for all our dates forthcoming. Absolutely. And thank you so much to the laugh button as well. And we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.